You guys may be seated, please. Um, you know, I'd like to have Martha, uh, if you would, we want to take up an offering today. Um, I want to, um, I want to talk to you about something that's very important, um, about curses. And when you break curses, you are, we are breaking contracts with evil. And this is, this is how a curse is invoked on someone's life. You speak something and you believe it, you attach faith to it. And what happens in the supernatural realm, a power comes, whatever that power is, and it will start to give life to that curse. Now, how about this? How about the blessing? When I speak in the, when I'm praying for healing and I speak the name of Jesus, I'm believing that Jesus is going to heal. And I'm expecting the power of Christ to do it. It's the very same thing in the, in, on the evil side. And right now, I just feel like somebody has some serious knots in their back or soreness in their back. And if that's you, you just need to be healed. Because I need to feel better. If that, whoever that is, if that's you, just, come on, stand up. If that's you, just stand up. Stand up right now. If you have, if you have, come on, stretch your hands towards them. Okay? You know, you know, who's ever heard of Oral Roberts? What he would say, well, touch the chair in front of you and agree. Okay? Now I'm asking you, stretch your hands in agreement for these three brothers, the four and a sister, that Jesus would totally heal their backs. Ready? There's power in agreement. So, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, I can feel it getting better already. Oh, hallelujah. Jesus, I thank you that you are the healer. There's no one else. You heal, Lord Jesus. And now we say, in the name of Jesus, be healed. Receive your healing now, in Jesus' name. Now check it out. See if you feel, see if you feel better. How you doing, brother? A little better or a lot better? Yes or no? Yes. How you feel? Okay, Pastor Keith, lay your hands on the sick and they shall recover. How you doing, Oscar? Good? Amen. No pain? Uh, Terrence, lay your hands on the sick and finish it. Beverly, how are you? Feeling better. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, so, um, hey, Martha, would you hand out the offering envelopes, if you will? Amen. If you're, if you're giving, if you, you can text to give or you can give on the COA app. Um, we'll talk about that later. About, but I'm really kind of feeling like we are getting ready to go through a growth spurt. And I really want to, um, I, I really want to, uh, manage the money of the Lord 
with excellence because we're, we, need, we need a place where we can call our own and that we can, uh, we can provide services to people 24-7. You know, it's in my heart, it's in my heart from the day that Jesus spoke to me when I was in this holy moment in my sweatpants running to the, running to the wood pile with a load of wood coming back to stoke the fireplace and the Lord spoke to me and he said, this is what he said. In other words, I had no idea heaven was about ready to uh, light me up. And he said, my house will be a house of prayer. And so from that moment forward, I have always wanted to raise up a house of prayer and worship. From that moment. And so I believe there is power in prayer the New Testament church was founded on it, the supernatural activity. I'm trying to pair with you back there. And not only did the supernatural activity come about, but no revivals ever started without prayer. And it's powerful when you mix worship with prayer. It's powerful. You can soak a whole lot better when you have anointed Christian music than you can if the room is silent. Are we ready? Are we mirroring? Gotcha. It says I gotcha. Okay. Amen. Don't worry about it. Those lungs will, I will preach over that. Trust me. Okay, um, there's going to be an offering basket in the back, and Martha will, at the end, Martha, and just, if you can donate, that'd be great. Okay, all right, we are going to talk about curses, and I'm going to spend about 15 minutes taking you through 55 years of history of the Kennedy curse. Now, most everybody has heard about the Kennedy curse, uh, when I, um, when John F. Kennedy was killed in a plane crash with his wife and his wife, his wife uh, or his sister-in-law, uh, the three of them were crashed. They, you know, it went on for like three or four days on the news, and there was this big, um, you know, you remember that back in 1999, right? There was this big thing going on with pulling out the Navy and the search for the Kennedy plane, so on and so forth. Well. Um, I decided that I wanted to go through the Kennedy history and show you how destructive curses are to believers and how they have no idea that there's a curse working against them. But when I was in the, at the city of Arlington right over here, and I was at work in the, in the morning, and one of the guys came in during the time that the plane had crashed in the river or in the lake, or, or the ocean, whatever it was, the bay, or whatever it was. Um, he said, uh, how about that Kennedy curse? And the Holy Spirit instantly spoke up in me, and he spoke so loud in me, I said it out loud. I said what he said. And he said, everyone is cursed that doesn't belong to Christ. And you could hear a pin drop in that break room. Now, you know how break rooms are uh, prior to going to work. There's all kinds of smack being tossed out there. So 
Let's look at Exodus 20, verse 5. Exodus 20, verse 5. The New King James says this, For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And here it comes. In, high, in bold here. Visiting the iniquity. What is an iniquity? Iniquity is something that you choose to live in. I know it's a sin. I know I'm transgressing against God's law. But I, don't, I just don't care. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations. Of those who hate me. Now, you need to understand the Jewish mindset here about what a generation is. A, ge a generation is not the way we look at a generation. A generation, according to the Jewish people, is in perpetuity or forever. So when they say, when the Bible says visiting, visiting the curses or the iniquities from the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation, it means to not only the third and fourth minimum, but forever until it's dealt with. Okay? So when we mention curses, most people know very little about curses. If you hang around Bob Larson, you'll learn about curses. I hung around Bob for 15 years. For example... How about the Kennedy curse? And we're just going to talk about a couple aspects of the Kennedy curse, not the whole thing. Because there is some really major stuff that just spread out through their life and through four generations. Um, how about dying of unnatural and unusual causes? Now, here is the main root of what I believe the Kennedy curse came from. The Kennedys... Joseph Kennedy made his money selling alcohol. But he did it during the, he started it during the time of prohibition. Not only was it, not only was it a substance, let me say it this way, not only was it a substance that destroys families, but it was also a national curse. Because what happened was, is he sold alcohol when it was illegal. And here's the power of the curse. It's not so much what we do, because that's an easy curse to break. It is the consequences of what got started. So I want you to think of all the families that were destroyed because of their choice to sell alcohol illegally and then legally. It's still going on. And the weight of that curse is all the destruction that follows it. That's what a curse does. That's why sometimes when I'll get a demon, he'll say, I'm murder. And I'll go, come on, murder. You know, murder, you're supposed to be bloodthirsty and angry and violent, you know. And it's just going, I'm murder. I'm going, come on. Get up all the way. I am. I go, oh, you're just the one generation. Come out. So the point is, does things just happen? 
Does things just happen without design? No. There's always a design. There has been a design since God created. Come on. There has been a design. When God created the heavens and the earth, he designed the way man should live. And everything else that goes against that design has, has an architect behind it. Who's that architect? The kingdom of darkness. The kingdom of darkness. And they have a design for your life. So does Jesus. Is it just without intent or did we just suddenly find ourselves in some circumstance? Did, you know, is my marriage in shambles? Am I going through things in my life? I'm telling you, there's a design behind all that. If you really love Christ in your heart and things aren't hunky-dory in your house, there is a design going on. And I am going to use parts of my life tonight to reveal this. How about my, my, my baby daughter? She did nothing to deserve what came upon her. But the reality was it was embedded in her DNA before I was even created. But there was signs of the disease before I even knew. How about preeclampsia? What is preeclampsia? It is another word for vasculitis. One of the things that manifests in her life. Vasculitis. Tried to kill her before she came out of the womb. Why? Because I laid my hands on my wife's tummy and dedicated her and prophesied over her and anointed her belly and when she came out of the womb uh, when, when that c-section took place I, I took her straight from the doctor and I slapped oil on her and I, I said every generational blessing from the time of Adam may, may it come down on your head now why? I was pronouncing a blessing so things just don't happen it is, is it possible that evil is visited upon us because of things pasted or passed on, onto us? It's called transgenerationally. Now, here's the Kennedy curse. August 12, 1944, Joseph P. Kennedy Jr., the eldest son, now pay attention, I, I have the screen so that you can, it is a visual aid. Watch this. The eldest son of Joseph and Rose Sr., the matriarch and the patriarch, dies in a plane crash in the English Channel in World War II. It's wartime. You say, okay, well, things happen in wartime. All right? It's possible, but he dies. The eldest son dies. In 1955, Jacqueline Kennedy suffers, Jackie, as you know her, suffers a miscarriage and gave birth um, to a stillborn daughter. In December 19, 
December 19th, 1961, Joseph P. Kennedy, the family patriarch, he suffers a great disabling stroke. So, what's going on there? Well, we're going to see more of it as it starts to manifest. In August 9th, 1963, Patrick Bonnevere Kennedy dies, the second son of John and Jackie. Now, you have Joseph. Now, of course, I didn't list how one of the Kennedy, one of the Kennedy daughters, um, you know, was mental and they had her institutionalized. I didn't mention any of that stuff. I'm just focusing in on a couple, a couple aspects of the curse that we see on the headlines of the newspapers. John and Jackie, um, so their, their, um, not only was their, their child born premature and dies two, two days later, but uh, J John F. Kennedy now has lost two children. His first two children from Joseph and Rose, I think it is. Now, John F. Kennedy and Jackie, John Kennedy and Jackie, ha now have lost the first two children. November 22, 1963, John F. Kennedy is assassinated in Dallas, Texas. Now, let me ask you, why is Dallas worse than any other city in the, in, in the Metroplex? How about the blood of a president? Even though it could have happened anywhere, but it happened in Dallas. November or uh, June 19th, 1964, uh, Massachusetts Senator Ted Kennedy, the brother of John, is involved in a plane crash. And one of his aides and his pilot was killed, and he spent three weeks, or he spent weeks in the hospital, and spent the rest of his life with a back injury. At times it would be dis dis uh, disabilitating. His back injury. So there's another plane crash. The oldest brother dies in war in a plane crash in the English Channel. John F. Kennedy is assassinated. Ted Kennedy is almost killed. Everybody in the plane except for him was killed. And then in June, remember this one? Remember June 1968? I remember watching it on television. John F. Kennedy, the brother, uh, both bro uh, jo uh, Robert F. Kennedy, both the brother to John and Ted, is shot multiple times in Los Angeles following his victory of the Democratic primary. And he dies right there. He dies right there. In July 18th, 1969, and uh, I'm not going to get this right, but I'm going to try. Uh, Chappapatakut Island incident, 
Um, so what happens here is there is an, remember the Oldsmobile that was driven off the bridge by Ted and how he, uh, he didn't report it when it happened and they were saying that it could have been, uh, they, were, they probably thought that he was under the influence. But his mistress at the time, she dies. So now Ted is involved in two accidents that almost kill him. Almost kill him. In August 13th, 1973, a Jeep-like uh, Jeep vehicle was driven by Joseph. Now here's one of the grandkids to the, patri the matriarch and the patriarch. Joseph P. Kennedy III, carrying six other people, including his brother David, 18, overturned, and it says, I cut and pasted this out of a Google search, but he almost dies. One week later, look what happens. On August 20th, 1973, Joseph P. Kennedy III, the eldest son of the late Senator Robert F. Kennedy, was convicted of negligent driving that resulted in, the, in an accident paralyzing a teenage girl. So what happened? He was involved a week ago in an accident and a week later he's involved in an accident and somebody is paralyzed because of it. November 17th, 1973, at the age of 12, Edward Kennedy Jr., the second son of Ted and Joan Kennedy, loses his right leg due to bone cancer. Can you see the destruction that's going on in the house, in the, in the Kennedy family? Could you imagine marrying into that? April 25th, 1984, David Kennedy, the fourth son of Robert Kennedy, who turned to drugs after the assassination of his father, overdosed in a Palm Beach hotel. I think he was probably 25, somewhere around that number. He overdosed. Do you see how, mu how much death and destruction is following? This isn't just something that happens it's all around. People aren't poor. If, you're, if you belong to the kingdom of God and you struggle for financial prosperity, there is a problem. There is a problem. It's not your education. God can bless what he wants to bless. He can give you a good paying job. I watched a guy come to me who was hallucinating both inside and outside his head on six, six or eight different medications, psychotic drugs. And he gets slam dunked at the altar here and wakes up, wow, things are clear. And he goes on to work for whatever that aircraft company is over here in Fort Worth, making bucks. 
God can do what he wants to do. We just have to be willing. We have to get some of the stuff off. This guy would have lived homeless. Here's a homeless guy that comes in here. And they're going, well, I don't know what, you know, the, the, the Martha was there. The prayer team didn't know what to do. And Darla says, I know what to do with him. Take him down there to Pastor Bruce. <laughs> I get all the good stuff. I like it, though. March 1991, William Kennedy Smith, the son of Jane Kennedy, the nephew of Ted Kennedy, was accused of sexually assaulting a 29-year-old woman, uh, Florida woman, at their home there in Palm Beach. December 31st. 1997, Michael Kennedy was killed in Aspen, Colorado, playing football on skis. He runs into a tree. Now, most people walk away from that. I mean, you're playing football. You're not on a slope going 30 or 40 miles an hour. You're playing football on skis. And he runs into a tree and has a freak accident and dies. July 16th, 1999, the last one that I have for you. John F. Kennedy Jr., the son of John and Jackie, was piloting his plane with his wife, Carolyn Bassett Kennedy, and Lauren, the sister, and they died. He becomes disoriented. He was brand new on navigation. The fog was out. He had just gotten his navigation license, and he decides to fly. He gets disoriented. He doesn't know what ground, whether he's up or down. He can't tell. Even though the instruments are reading one thing, his something inside of him was telling something else, and he crashes the plane. No alcohol, no drugs involved in it. I'm here to tell you tonight that these incidents reveal curses and evil forces of darkness bringing destruction to a family generationally look around at your at your family were you adopted how about this are you struggling financially do you have health issues this thing just wasn't something that just came on my life or came on Hannah's life You know, um, I, I know, I know that Hannah, Hannah was conceived right. There was no premarital sex, no, no really hanky-panky. Can't say I was perfect. You know, there was a few hot moments, but, you know, hands were off. Just had to say, I just had to say, hey, back off, girl. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to touch you. You don't put the ring, there's no, you know. 
I can say that I felt things. However, my point is, I can't think of anything that led to her conception that would have caused her to come down with Wigner's disease. Unless somebody has done something. And what have I, felt, what have I uncovered so far? Well, that's why we're doing this right here. I've uncovered the Masonic Lodge. Guess what? My grandfather on my mom's side, her grandfather on her mom's side. Now, come on. Both were high-degree Masonic Lodge members, 32nd degree. I've also come to find out there was bloodshed in my family. Bloodshed. Not only being killed, but killing. You know, there's one thing. I just want to say this. There's one thing about killing somebody in combat, and then there's something, there's this other thing about murdering somebody in combat. It's two different things. Thou shalt not murder. And people use this thing like, see, you're not supposed to go out to war. The Bible's full of war. We, we depend on the military to defend our country, defend our, defend our way of life. Even though that's being signed away quickly. Get ready, save your money. This is why the prophet said save your money. Oh, I'm telling you. That's why they said save your money. Because what I saw in 15 signatures a few days ago is going to rip this nation in the next 18 months. A curse... According to Lau and Nina, the biblical definer is to cause injury. How about harm? To cause harm. That's what we saw in the Kennedy lifestyle. Injury, harm. By means of a statement. How about words which are acts regarded as having some supernatural power, often because of a deity or a fallen angel or a supernatural force, a demon has been invoked. That's what happens. That's what happens. When you pronounce something, how about this? How many of you has ever told, has your parents ever told you that you'll never amount to anything? That is a word curse. It has power. The person that spoke it is your a spiritual authority, and they invoked, whether they realized it or not, they invoked a curse. It's true. That's why the Bible says, speak life. There's power in your tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. That scripture is a supernatural scripture. And then the things that we do in our lives, the sins that we commit, or the blessings on how we serve is passed on to our children. It's true. Now, 
I'm not going to preach too much longer, but I, I do want to make one thing clear. I listened to Bob do all this stuff, and Bob would come in a couple times a year in Dallas, and I would go and help out at the altar and have fun and spend the day with him and have lunch and all that stuff with him. But until when I, when I, when I met my wife, she, she was just another woman coming to the ministry for help. And so I'm sitting there ministering and all of a sudden, not only is she manifesting demons, her aunt's manifesting demons and her cousin is manifesting demons. I'm going, what? The whole ministry team is full of demons. I'm the only one in the room that's not manifesting. Now, I probably should have been, but not at the time. God needed somebody, and I happened to be the guy he was using. <laughs> but I watched, I watched a vein of family go through, and they were all manifesting the same demon, and the, all the legal rights were the same, and they're going, ah, oh, we were right and they're all saying, I'm telling my wife, and they're going, they're doing the same thing. Come out of all of them, but you know, and then they're all coming out of them. What am I saying? What am I saying? The Kennedy curse. You know, they probably don't even think about it. They just say, well, you know, that's just the same because of all the stuff that's happened to our family. What I'm trying to share with you, some of, your, some of your friends, some of your loved ones, some of your children will not enter the kingdom of God because of a curse. They will reject the gospel because of a curse. What are some of the causes that cause people to stay outside the kingdom? How about, how about abandonment? And given up for adoption, even though they get, they, get, they get stuck in the best Christian home they could ever be placed in. Why? Because there is a rejection of the biological parents. And they say, I don't want you. I can't, I can't deal with you right now. There's curses, sexual curses that go through that go through the generations and they cause certain things to happen. Listen. Paul is very very emphatic. An immorality will not enter the kingdom of God. Now you don't have to you don't have to believe me, but you can go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 and he'll tell you an immorality will not. I don't care if the presence of God slam dunked you the night before and you went out and slept with the person the next day. God's just trying to save your life is the only reason he's touching you. He's just trying to say, hey, I'm out here. I'm willing to help. The Dictionary of the New Testament Theology states that a curse is a malediction, a slander, a pro, uh, proclamation. And in ancient thought, 
the spoken word had intrinsic power. Now, this is the, the dictionary of the New Testament theology. If you've ever seen those five books, they're that thick. I get wore out looking up stuff in those guys. Just get to the point. You're wearing me out. Which is released by an act of utterance. Now listen, when you go to a fortune teller and the fortune teller tells you, see, this is another thing that was in my family line. Fortune, my people, my family line was drawn to witchcraft. Doing these little seances and these little fortune telling stuff. And uh, even my aunt today, when I went over to her house a few years ago, uh, she had stacks of a, she calls herself a Christian. But she's into shamanism. Witchcraft. My point is, you and I and our families are the way they are because of curses. Plain and simple. Now you're trying to say, now Jesus, he died on the cross, Galatians 3.13. He died on the cross for me and he became a curse for me. Yes, that's how we get to break them. Because he was my substitute on that cross. However, John the Revelator takes you a little bit further into the revelation about curses. And in Revelation 22 and 3, he says, when Jesus comes back, there will be no more curse. So how do I marry that? And the Bible is full of this. The Bible is full of all this stuff. So how do I put those two to the, that are taking ancient Jewish thought and pinning it in a New Testament reality? How do I put this together? And I gave you the first part of it. The second part of it is when Jesus comes back, he's going to make all things new. New. And until then, I don't have to be cursed because Jesus died on the cross for me as my substitute to, to bear my curses. But if I don't, take the power of the cross and implement it in my life until he comes back and makes all things new, then I'm not going to live in the fullness of God's blessing. Some of you are out looking. God has spoken to you about money. He has spoken to you about your children. He has spoken to you about your, your Christian walk. He has placed desires inside your life. You're looking at your family. You're looking at all the chaos that's going all around. And what is happening to us? What is happening right now to this nation? Curses. This nation needs more than a prayer meeting. It needs about a 30-day repent meeting and then for somebody to stand up like the president of the United States or the leadership of the church and say, listen, now repeat after me. I renounce death, murder, disease, hatred, racial injustice, and so on and so forth. Amen. 
And to watch all this stuff start coming out of people. Facebook everywhere. And Facebook would probably, hey, hey, did you see what happened in Wyoming? Did you guys see that? Guess who got bumped off of the internet in Wyoming? Facebook and Twitter. Ah, big tech, you want to do your thing? I'll show you who's got the real power. I'm the internet provider. I'll bump you. You can't, you can't show yourself in the state of Wyoming on the internet. You see? I had a lot of issues with my president's character, but I had no issues with his policy. Because he was making, he was restoring the wealth of America. And, it, and make, must, make no mistake about it, we needed more than Donald. We did. We needed Donald to start it, but then we needed another eight years of Mike. Just to get us back to where we used to be under Reagan and Bush. Twelve years of Reaganomics produced... Uh, produced, uh, got us past Clinton, got us past Junior, Bush Junior, Bush the whatever, and got us past Obama. But we can't, we can't handle this anymore. This nation is about ready to collapse. Why? Because people do not believe in the power of curses. And that Jesus is a holy God. And he says, I'm holy you be holy. It's time that we face the facts. And that's why I'm presenting this. You know, I listen to the prophets, and this is my last thing, we're closing, and then we're going we're gonna to go through curse breaking. Listen, I was seeking God in the late part of, the late part of October about, this, about 2021. And then... Pastor Keith and I went over to uh, Doug and Charlotte's and we talked about the agenda for this year. And guess what? Cindy Jacobs nailed about 80%. So I got to call her up and say, you missed the other 20. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, she's, but the prophetic council that she runs with, the people that I listen to, they're saying spiritual warfare is, out, is, is coming back to the church. Get ready. Why? That only tells me one thing. God wants to move. It has nothing to do with spiritual warfare. It has everything to do about blessing the people of God and all the empty promises that preachers like me have made to you and you haven't saw the fruit of it. Because they have never told you the truth. And the truth is, what stands between you and the blessing of God, and you don't have to believe me, the scriptures will back me up, is the curse or the blessing. Break the curse. Enjoy the blessing. That's what I say. All right. Do you guys understand that? <laughs>